Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. And today is episode 260, and we are going to take a look at two different things in this episode. We're going to briefly discuss what is considered commercial waste. So this, uh, I would say directly, I wouldn't say it impacts the EPA, although the EPA does manage some of these things and does get concerned about it. But these are things that we should be aware of because we need to know the different types of waste Because this is one way that I think we kind of get screwed over as Americans in terms of what the EPA does, because they like to categorize all these different types of waste, and then they try and make it almost impossible to dispose of this stuff properly, so then it leads to a lot of problems. So this is what happens whenever you put uh, basically big government in charge of things that we the people are supposed to be in charge of, and we are supposed to, I don't want to say we're supposed to mandate it because that's not our job, we're not in charge of legislation per se, because not every single citizen in the United States is a elected official or a appointed official but we do have the responsibility of being in charge of this country because the powers of the people always has been always will be so I want to make sure that we understand the differences between these different types of waste because I know for me specifically I didn't know there were different types of waste I had no idea so it's really neat to understand all these different types of avenues that these things get processed because first of all it helps alleviate a pretty big issue which every country has with waste and landfills and things like that number 2 it immediately leads to job creation but here's the thing if you put the federal government or any kind of centralized government in charge of something like this it will ruin it and it will punish the citizens for just living their life and basically having a utility bill which is stupid the other thing we will discuss is what is called biodegradable waste that one's very interesting that's also known as i guess you could say green waste uh they kind of have different words for it but it is very interesting and i do understand the concern with it when i was looking at it, it's like oh i kind of understand some of the the concerns that the epa has but here's the thing just because the epa has a concern that doesn't give them permission to punish citizens for living their life so th- there's a way to handle these things and a way to not handle them so we want to make sure that we are doing everything we can to be good lawful citizens care about what God has given us because we are supposed to be good stewards of everything that God has given us which is this planet this solar system this universe so we need to do our job and basically be good stewards of anything and everything that God has given us but that doesn't mean be little mini dictators or be socialist or marxist or fascist or communist because none of those are holy none of those things are from God And if anything, whenever you put government in charge of every little thing, you have made government your god. So that's where it gets really concerning for me. That's why I truly believe in, you know, basically the powers of the people always has been always will be, but if you don't believe that and if you don't protect your rights and your freedoms, then you're going to not be in charge of anything, not even your own life, whether it's your private life or your public life, and that would really suck. But before we dive into this really interesting topic, as usual, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. We love you very much. Big shout out to Oklahoma, Virginia, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio, Minnesota, Alabama, Washington, Nebraska, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, District of Columbia, also known as DC, aka the swamp, let's drain it. get some more republicans in there and get republicans that care. <laughs> That's the thing. We need republicans that are not basically the uh, what's called the old guard, meaning they've been in office way too long. Like I think one of these that's been in office way too long, I think his name is Lindsey Graham. I'm not always a big fan of him. 
I just I don't always agree with the things he says or does. And I think he's been in office way too long. I just think we need to get someone in there that's younger, that understands more about what is going on. I just kind of feel like sometimes he has these hidden agendas. And I don't I'm trying to think of the best way to describe that. I kind of feel like sometimes the longer someone is in DC, the more corrupt they get. That's why I think there should be term limits for Congress, senators and representatives. I mean, we have term limits for governors and the president of the United States. So I don't understand why we do not have term limits for pretty much every other elected position because I think that when you do not have term limits, you run a huge risk of getting the same old people in there. whether they are democrat or republican and they just kind of get a little too cozy. They get a little too comfortable with the power that they have. And here's the thing, the power that they have was given to them by our rules, laws and regulations that stem from the constitution of the United States and in the power that they have, it's a leadership role that the American public have elected them to. But here's the thing, sometimes they just kind of get a little too big for their britches. Like for example, Lindsey Graham, and I know I'm getting a little a little off track here, but with Lindsey Graham, he's for sending, you know, millions and billions of dollars literally to the Ukraine. And I'm just like, wow, how can someone that is way older not understand that the Ukraine is part of the Soviet bloc and they are not a trustworthy ally or country or whatever the case may be they are on their own they are on their own they are still very much communist they are not this kind sweet country that everybody makes it out to be you know are there good kind sweet people that live there yeah i'm sure there are but that doesn't mean that we should be weaponizing them that's where i get really concerned we should not be weaponizing other countries like this especially in regards to conflicts with russia i think that is stupid I think that, you know, Russia, you know, if Putin stays in power for a really long time, uh cuz he's corrupt himself to a certain extent, you know, he basically wants the Soviet bloc back. I mean, you have to remember that he is ex-KGB. So, he he's an ex-commie, you know. And when he was in the KGB, he was a young man, like in his 20s. And here's the thing, a lot of these young men, whatever they did in their 20s, they often try and relive their glory days as an old man. And that's kind of what he's doing right now. Needless to say, this is why I do not think we should be sending anything over to the Ukraine because I think they have ties and connections to Russia and with Russia because they never really left the Soviet bloc. They to me they're still Soviets. And if you will go back and listen to one of the podcasts we had about the Olympics, the Ukraine They were one of the top countries that cheated in almost every single Olympics. I mean, if they could cheat in something, they totally would. So just FYI, be aware of that. Go back and listen to those episodes. And if you want more information, for sure, do sign up for our subscription service. It's really good. You will have even more access, more data, more info. It's really cool. So anyway, do check that out. But just please be aware that we do need term limits here in the United States. See, because here's the thing: if you don't have term limits here in the United States, We basically will be like these other countries that do not have term limits and that's why they have so much corruption. Which is really sad, but you know, it's kind of a zinger, but you know, the United States we were founded on limiting government, not enabling it. And we were not founded on forking over our money to somebody else overseas. We need to keep our money here in the United States. Like how how can we afford? I don't understand this either and I'll just say this before I move on. 
You would think that Lindsey Graham would know that we are in tremendous debt in this country, like billions if not trillions of dollars, okay? So if we have this kind of debt in this country from our government, I'm just talking about the government debt right now. Not everybody else's debt, but just the government debt. You would think that if we have this kind of debt which we do, unfortunately, that he would be the last person to agree with sending millions and billions of dollars and in supplies over to the Ukraine. Why why are we sending them anything? We are in debt. It's ridiculous like we we owe people money, usually the Chinese because we have allowed ourselves to get in bed with the Chinese government which is communist. We have allowed them to produce more and more of our goods, provide more and more of our services, but under the the I guess the cloak of holding companies and it's very corrupt. And here's a lot you know here's here's what a lot of people don't realize. A lot of this stuff comes from Washington. Because it's like who is in whose pocket? You know, you'd be surprised how many corrupt people are in Washington DC, but it's not just Democrats. I mean, mind you, Democrats and liberals, they are way more corrupt than Republicans, but it really disgusts me and just and disappoints me. Whenever Republicans act just as bad as Democrats in regards to this. So to me, I don't understand why Lindsey Graham's constituents why they keep voting for him. I don't know if it's it's the the southern accent or what, but it doesn't fool me. It doesn't fool me at all. And he loves to be interviewed on television. I saw him on a CNN interview. I just thought he was a jerk to this woman. And mind you, I'm not a big fan of CNN, but you could tell he just loves the sound of his own voice. That gets so old. Because whenever you have an elected official that cares more about the sound of their own voice as opposed to the voice of the people that is a big problem so needs to say i'm not a big fan of Lindsey Graham i think he needs to be not elected again i think he's too old for the job and i think he's been in there too long and he's done some things that i'm just like wow you're not a true republican true republicans do not start handed out do not hand out american tax dollars our money to other countries especially ones associate with communist russia i mean it's just ridiculous i mean russia may claim to have a democracy or or a parliament or something or a president whatever you know here's the thing they claim those things but they're not really what they claim to be that's the thing that's why you can't really trust russians and i don't mean that negatively it just is what it is And I can say that because I've actually worked with some Russian employees over the years, and every single one of them were corrupt. They were liars. They would, you know, speak out of both sides of their face, and they were younger than me. They were young people, and I was young myself. But I just thought, wow, okay, how can these people still be so corrupt? Well, they're raised that way. They are raised that way. And you got to wonder. Why would parents raise their children to be cor- why would they raise their children excuse me to be corrupt? It's because they they don't think that what they're doing and what they believe in is corrupt. That's a big and tremendous problem there. Because you have people that give themselves permission to just do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. That's not the American way. That's not liberty, that's not freedom, that's democ- you know, that's not democracy. Like you can't just do whatever you want. Like I would love nothing more 
than to be able to go to the post office on a Sunday after five o'clock and buy stamps. I would love that. But you know, how many post offices do you know that are open on Sundays and after five o'clock? Because it's usually not until the weekend that I realize, oh, I'm out of stamps. You know what I mean? But it's like if I were to act like some crazy nutbag Russian, you know, I would demand that the post office be open for me. You know what I mean? And it's just like that's not how society works. You have honor and you have you have respect. I don't know of hardly any people from Russia or the Soviet Union in general that have honor and respect except for themselves. And it's a very selfish mindset. Like they may love and respect and honor themselves, maybe their families. But that does not apply to the rest of the human race. And that's where America is different than any other country on the face of this earth. We believe in treating people like our neighbor unless they prove us wrong. And that's biblical. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And here's the thing, when you love your neighbor, that doesn't make you a doormat. Although a lot of wimpy, wishy-washy Christians like to uh brainwash people into thinking especially women and children they love to brainwash women and children that oh you should just be a doormat no no that's not god's way and that's not the american way because if you have the light of christ in you you're supposed to be a beacon of hope no one who has ever been a doormat has ever been a beacon of hope ever ever But yet some people will try and convince you to be that. And it's like, no, no, no. That does not fly with me at all. Not at all. And so that's one reason, another reason why I have this podcast is to highlight that you are not a doormat. If you have been or you are one, you need to stop being a doormat. You need to stop being a doormat. And here's one thing you can do. And I did this myself years ago. I bought a doormat. I went to Lowe's and I bought one. I was like, "You know what? I'm getting a little weak. I'm getting a little not passive, but just I was in a really tough situation in my life and I was being browbeaten in a really bad uh relationship and also I had a really bad job situation. I wasn't being treated very well. And I think women are unfortunately some of the best punching bags because we we tend to not ever expect it. We don't expect to be treated that way and then when we are repetitive I can't even say it, repetitively treated that way we we just I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this women are easily broken I don't mean that negatively towards the female part of the human race but um I think men are tougher I really do because there are times I'm like man how do you guys put up with all this crap in this world and how do they fight this stuff I just get so irritated about it Because there are so many different types of discrimination that women go through that men do not, and you know we're, we're not built the same. You know, transgenderism will try and convince you that you can switch from one sex to the other, but you cannot. You cannot. You can change the outside, which would, is grotesque and cruel to yourself and other people, but you cannot change who you are. You cannot change who God made you to be. You cannot change your DNA. You cannot change your chromosomes. Like you, you cannot change. your your cells and your molecules and also you cannot change how you think like that. I mean, you just women are women, men are men. And I know from personal experience 
I have felt broken at different points in my life, and one way that I overcame that was I was like, you know, I'm sick and tired. Or I'm so sick and tired of being a bleeping doormat. And I used a different word back then. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy a doormat. So every time I walk in and out of my front door or my back door, I'm walking on the bad people that hurt me. They're not walking on me anymore. I'm walking on them. So if you are a weak Wimpy, whiny person, and I don't mean that negatively. You need to go buy a doormat. You need to go buy one from Lowe's, and not one of these. Oh, live, love, laugh. No, don't buy some stupid Christian doormat. I, I don't mean that negatively towards Christians, because I am a Christian as well. I'm technically Jewish Christian, but sometimes these Christian slogans. I understand sometimes they're based on the Bible, but a, a lot of people use the Bible as a way to be weak. As opposed to being tough and strong and having endurance, so you need a doormat that really resonates with you. Not some stupid slogan, but something that says, "Hey, I'm tough. I have courage. I stand firm, and everything I do, I do with integrity." Like you need a doormat that says, "Hey, I live here. This is my place. This is my life. I have courage. I stand firm." That that's what you need. And you need to have these reminders in your life. You know, it's kind of like whenever you put like a reminder, maybe like a post-it note on your mirror of maybe of like when you have a doctor's appointment or a hair appointment. Well, why not have reminders about who you are? First of all, in Christ Jesus. Secondly, who you are as a citizen of the United States, and number three, who you are as a person, as an individual. None of those things I just mentioned would allow you. Or encourages you to be a doormat, but you'd be surprised how many Christians. And I could say this because I was raised in a cult, and it was hell. I hated it. They want women to be stupid, weak, meek, and mild. That is unbelievably disgusting to me. I hated it. It was very hard to fight it. It was very hard to get away from it. So needs to say, the first 18 years of my life, I was brainwashed. You'll never accomplish anything. You're not worthy. But oh, you better make those grades. It's like, you know, how how can you expect a child to do well in school if if you browbeat them? It just makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. So needs to say, If you don't have a very positive opinion of yourself, I know I'm getting off topic, but if you don't have a very positive opinion of yourself, buy a doormat. Have one outside your front door and your back door. I don't care if you live in the sticks, in the Bronx, or in a penthouse. I don't care where you live. I don't care what your situation is. You need a doormat. You need to recognize who you are as a person, and you need to stand tall. Because it's only when you stand tall and recognize who you are as a person and who you are in Christ Jesus that you recognize, hey, we've got some problems in this world, and it's high time we address them. You see, people that are doormats, they don't address things. They get squashed like a bug. Guess what? If you're listening to this podcast, you are not a bug. You are a human being. You have a heart. You have a soul. You have a mind. You have a beautiful brain. You have a wonderful life ahead of you. You have a wonderful life right here, right now. Regardless of where you are and what you're going through, 
You have a wonderful life, so you need to live it. And that doesn't mean do things that are that are illegal or immoral. I mean, I'm not saying that. When I say live it, I mean in a good holy way is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about frat house BS. That's not living life. That that is stupidity. So, FYI, be aware of that. Got off topic, but I just kind of felt like I need to say something about that because I I just get frustrated with elected officials that that they don't do the right thing. And they they don't really care about the United States. They care more about grandstanding. They care more about their ego. And those people should not be elected ever again. Because whenever you are serving in public office, guess what? You are a servant. The people, your constituents are your master. We don't serve you, you serve us because you're the servant and you're serving your country in a elected official position. Doesn't matter if it's a senator, congressman, a governor, you know, you know, a city council member or something. Whatever elected position you are in, you're not the be all in all. It's not about you. You are there to serve the people that put you there. Because the power is with the people, always has been, always will be. That's why none of us can afford to be a doormat because when you are a doormat, you don't call people out on stuff. You don't recognize when someone's doing something that they're not supposed to do or maybe you do recognize it but but you don't have the courage or the faith to say anything. Let me tell you something, it's hard to speak up. I've had to speak up about things in my life that man, I mean, I've had a panic attack speaking up because sometimes it is scary. You know, it's interesting and I I don't know if you guys feel this as well, but there are times that whenever I speak up, I feel amazing about it. Other times when I speak up, like when something really scares me and terrifies me and I have to speak up, I'm terrified, I'm scared. I don't feel good about it. But I know I have to speak up. I know I have to say something. And eventually I feel better, but in that moment I'm just like, "Oh, I don't like this." Because it it's uncomfortable, and when something scary, it's scary, but regardless of your circumstance or your situation, none of us are called to be doormats. So next time you're at Lowe's or Home Depot, get yourself a doormat. And just remember, you have value. That's all I'm going to say about that. But moving on, a big shout out to Mississippi, Kansas, Tennessee, Rhode Island, Louisiana, North Carolina, Nevada, Maryland, New Mexico, Michigan, Iowa, New Hampshire, Alberta, Ontario, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Hawaii, Newfoundland and Labrador. In terms of countries, the United States, Singapore, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, Niger, Slovakia, South Africa, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, the Federated States of Micronesia, good to see you guys, the Philippines, Bangladesh and Hong Kong. So good to see all of you and I know I didn't mention everybody because it's a big old long list, but good to see all of you. We love you very much. So again today we're going to talk about commercial waste and biodegradable waste. So commercial waste consists of waste from premises used mainly for the purposes of a trade or business or for the purpose of sport, recreation, education or entertainment, but excluding household waste, agricultural waste and industrial waste. So commercial waste is a little more I would say it's a little more cleaner. It's a little more cleaner. 
I don't mean that it's perfectly clean, but if you think about household waste, completely different than like an office building. Like things you throw away from your house are different than things that are thrown away at an office. Same thing with agricultural waste. Completely different than something that's thrown away from from an office building. And then industrial waste, woo, totally different ball game there. Industrial waste, sometimes that stuff can be a little tricky. Not meaning anything negative there, but just saying, "Hey, you have to be careful how you dispose of things." Um the other thing we're going to discuss here is biodegradable waste. So biodegradable waste includes any organic matter in waste which can be broken down into carbon dioxide, water, methane, or simple organic molecules by microorganisms and other living things by composting, aerobic digestion, anaerobic digestion or similar processes. In waste management, it also includes some inorganic materials which can be decomposed by bacteria, which is really neat to see that. Such materials include gypsum and its products such as plasterboard and other simple organic sulfates which can decompose to yield hydrogen sulfide a um in, basically in anaerobic landfill conditions. In domestic waste collection, the scope of biodegradable waste may be narrowed to include only uh waste capable of being handled in the local waste handling facilities so so those things sometimes whenever your trash people are picking up your trash if they see something that they know their landfill just the city landfill cannot handle they are supposed to take it elsewhere but you know hence the word supposed to <laughs> you know if you remember some of the super fun sites that we have listed off in different states um there have been many things that have been thrown away in city landfills that should have never been put there And so that's why some of these landfills uh owned and operated by the city have become toxic hazardous waste sites because they put things there that they should not have put there. So it is their fault. They should have been aware. Um uh, maybe they need more training. I don't know, but there's no excuse for this because it did cause another problem. Because a landfill, think about it, if they are managing it correctly, it should never turn into something toxic and hazardous and where they have to put it on the EPA's super fun site list like it should never get to that point because in order for it to get to that point several safety uh, measures have to fail or maybe they're just not implementing things so there is a rhyme and a reason to the things that they do and the things that they should do big time but moving on um it says here some sources of biodegradable waste can be found in municipal solid waste Let's see here um municipal waste or as green waste, food waste, paper waste and then biodegradable plastics. I'm not a fan <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I'm not a fan of using plastic all the time. Like for example, bottled water. I would not mind at all if that went back to being only bottled in glass because that's how it used to be. Before plastic was widely used, everything that was a liquid was uh basically in a glass bottle or jar or one way or another. So back in the day, we didn't have all this plastic. We just had glass and you can recycle glass and you can reuse it very easily whereas plastic, that's not always as easily recyclable. When you recycle a glass bottle, um you can either I think there's a way you can crush it and reuse the the glass itself or you can just take it to a recycling center that is owned by the particular company that bottled that product and they just reuse the bottles. That's what Coca-Cola and Pepsi used to do way back in the day. You know, used to whenever you took your bottles back, you would get five to fifteen cents per bottle. Like they would reward you for recycling your bottles, and then they would reuse those bottles to sell more Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever the product may be. I thought that was cool, and they used to do that even when I was a little girl. 
So I think we need to go back to that because it was really cool to get to get a Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper or whatever in a glass bottle, and they always tasted better. They always tasted better. They were fresher. Oh, and here's another thing. Back in the day, they did not use high fructose corn syrup and all these different drinks. They used real sugar. It was healthier. It tasted better. And we didn't have all this corn syrup and everything. Corn syrup, I think, is a tremendous problem, and it needs to stop. Corn syrup used to not be put in every little thing. But, however, whenever the corn farmers of America threw a hissy fit about not making as much money on their corn, which, hey, that's farming. You either make money or you don't. Well, they went to the government. They have lobbyists. You can have lobbyists, but I'm not always a fan of this. They complained to the federal government. and said, hey, we want our corn to be subsidized, meaning, meaning they want the federal government to pay them to overgrow, to overgrow corn and then put it in almost everything. That's a big problem. Now it's in a lot of our foods and it's hidden there and now it's in our, it's in our gas. So you know, the, the fuel that you put in your car, some of that has, has corn products in it. That's why our cars... don't um, run as well you know, as they used to because all, basically all fuel used to just be regular gasoline, just regular gasoline. But now that these corn farmers have gotten into the back pocket of the federal government, now they can overgrow their corn. Instead of feeding America with that corn, now they put it into all these different products. And so you know, there are some people that I think have developed allergies to corn, corn syrup, And you know, I think it's caused a lot of problems in terms of different diseases because, you know, we're not supposed to eat corn every day at a high volume. Like, you know, our bodies are not supposed to be exposed to that. Like, I remember one summer, I think I was in high school. Oh, man, I discovered how good corn on the cob is, especially sweet corn with a whole bunch of butter on it. I ate corn on the cob every day, like twice a day, an entire summer. Oh, my gosh. My cheeks got so fat. I put on so much weight, <laughs> so much weight, and I didn't feel very good. Now, I'm like, not only just because of putting on weight, but just eating that much corn. We're not supposed to do that. We are not supposed to eat like that. But you'd be surprised how many people have gotten into the back pocket of the federal government via technically a legal way. But just because it's a legal way does not mean it is the right way. So be aware of that. Um, it says here, other biodegradable waste include human waste, manure, sewage, sewage sludge, and slaughterhouse waste. Wow, I didn't even think about that, slaughterhouses. Um, in the absence of oxygen, much of this waste will decay to methane. So interesting there with that. Um, it says here, in many parts of the developed world, biodegradable waste is separate from the rest of the waste. Um, from waste stream, either by separate curbside collection or by waste sorting after collection. I just wonder how good they are at the waste uh, sorting because, you know, if they were, I think if they did a better job at our, at our, at our, basically at our city dumps, I think we would have less landfills that would turn into Superfund sites. So I just wonder, like, are they really sorting things in the way that they are supposed to? So that's why I mentioned in the last episode that recycling is not all that you think it is. You know, recycling, it is a nice endeavor. I will grant you that. But you have to have people involved that actually care to do the, to do the work and to do the job. And here's the thing. They're not going to do it for free. So it is definitely an additional cost. Let's see here. 
At the point of collection, such waste is often referred to as green waste. Removing such waste from the rest of the waste stream substantially reduces waste volumes for disposal and also allows biodegradable waste to be composted. That is if it's done. That's the thing. Um, let's see here. I learned something new about this. I learned about landfill gas. I was not aware about some of this, but I can understand it now as to why some of these super fun sites that are landfills, why they're so dangerous. And this is why. It says landfill gas is a mix of different gases created by the action of microorganisms within a landfill as they decompose organic waste, including for example food waste and paper waste. Landfill gas is approximately 40 to 60% methane, with the remainder being mostly carbon dioxide. Trace amounts of other volatile organic compounds, also known as VOCs, comprise the remainder, which is about less than 1%. I don't know if it's really less than 1% because If, you know if landfills are dangerous then that means VOCs would be higher than basically less than 1%. It it, it would be higher than that. Um so interesting there. Now let's see here. It says here that landfill gases have an influence on climate change. The major components are CO2 and methane, both of which are greenhouse gases. Methane in atmosphere is a far more potent greenhouse gas. with each molecule having 25 times the effect of a molecule of carbon dioxide methane itself however accounts for less composition of the atmosphere than does carbon dioxide landfills are the third largest source of methane in the united states that is very concerning <laughs> that's very concerning and mind you i'm not a big proponent of climate change because climate change happens naturally just by nature of having a planet that is alive and just how it functions that's just how it is however there are things that sometimes the human race does that makes things change in a way that's not supposed to or makes it change much more rapidly than it is supposed to that I will grant you as well but it is not as bad as what the EPA and these progressives and these uh, these democrats that just want to eliminate so many things that we actually need on this planet you know um You know, we we basically cannot deny that landfills are a problem but we have protocols in place that could eliminate those problems but the thing is people are not following those protocols so it's not that you know that our society is bad and that we need to stop driving cars and stop having cows that pass gas or whatever we need to implement new and better policies not laws not legislation but policies within these industries and also they need to be held accountable to those protocols i mean it's so different than if you are an engineer at a firm in the private sector and if you're not doing your job you get fired but unfortunately a lot of these workers that work at landfills and you know have connections with that they they're typically connected to the city i would say to the city government they say like a city employee and sometimes they are federal employees it kind of depends on who pays their check so needs to say sometimes it's very difficult to fire these people because a lot of them are unionized and it's as i said times past unionized jobs are heavily protected but that doesn't mean that they do their job and do it well they basically want more money to do the same thing or to not really do their job so needs to say land i would say Waste management and land management is nothing new. 
It's just that I kind of feel like now we have more people that they want the money, but they don't want to do the work. They want the prestige, basically, of being in a union, but they don't want to acknowledge that their labor is not really, it doesn't really cost as much as they think. They just want more money, but they're not always willing to do the work. That's where some of the stuff can get really, I would say, concerning, possibly fraudulent. Because typically, if you're getting paid to do a job and you don't do that job, then you're stealing from your employer. So whenever these city workers are not doing their job, they are technically stealing from the taxpayer, which is you and me. So there are more thieves in unionized jobs and city, state, and federal jobs than in the private sector because they don't get caught. It's like I said times past. If you want to look for corruption, you need to look outside of Wall Street because Wall Street is heavily regulated and overly regulated. It's these other jobs that are not regulated and they are protected, very protected, because they are basically in the back pocket of the government. And that is a big problem, big problem. It says here, because of these significant negative effects of these gases, regulatory regimes have been set up to monitor landfill gas, reduce the amount of biodegradable content and municipal waste, that's if they're doing their job, And to create landfill gas uh, utilization strategies, that's kind of a BS phrase because they're not really doing their job. If they were doing their job, we wouldn't have these issues. And it would not be affecting climate change in a negative way. So do your job, do it well, do everything with integrity, but they're not doing that. Um, let's see here. Some of the bad things are it's called gas flaring. It, it's where you have so much gas in a landfill that it, it forms a flare that goes up into the sky. And there's a picture here that I'm looking at. And that includes, um, that, that's just kind of concerning to me to see that. But it says here, uh, which includes gas flaring or capture for uh, electricity generation. But here's the thing, you know, they say they're creating utilization strategies. And part of that is gas flaring or capture for electricity generation. But here's the thing. We are still having problems, okay, with these landfills. So even though they are creating, you know, a gas flare and they're trying to alleviate issues, all I know is if I lived in a city or, or if I lived near a landfill and there is a, if I saw a gas flare from a distance, I would move. <laughs> I would think, what are they doing over there? I would be concerned about that. That's just my personal opinion. But I don't think they're doing enough to really combat this. It kind of reminds me of the Superfund sites that the EPA basically manages. We have about a little over 40,000 Superfund sites in the United States. And here's the thing. A lot of these Superfund sites have been on the list, oh gosh, since the, since the 1980s. But a lot of them have been Superfund sites. They've been problems since before the 1980s, and yet they are still on the list. And yet the EPA is supposed to be cleaning these up. That's over 40 years ago, folks. That's almost, what, 60 years ago? If you go back that far. Some of these, some of these really bad uh, Superfund sites go back to the 30s and 40s. And some of these Superfund sites were caused by the military. 
But heaven forbid the DOD, the Department of Defense, be called out on what they did to pollute and damage and put our, our environment in jeopardy. <laughs> I mean, heaven forbid. It's like they can do no wrong and they can have as big a budget as they want and, and how dare Congress call them out on anything. Congress, you need to call out the DD, uh, sorry, <laughs> the DOD, thinking doo-doo, but you need to call out the DOD on way more stuff because they are getting away with so many things that the private sector could never, ever get away with and would be penalized or prosecuted if they did so. But the, but the public sector, they get away with so much. It's ridiculous. And yet we the people, you know, we the people, we are supposed to manage the public sector. But yet the public sector, like the DOD, they act like they own us. I don't even think so. We pay your salaries and we also pay for your budgets. And you know what? I don't think we should have to pay for that anymore. If you're not going to be honest about, about what you're spending money on and where it's going, And how much money you actually need, I don't think you should be allowed to get any more money. That's my personal opinion. And here's another thing. You need to also remember that the DOD, the Department of Defense, they were one of the agencies that refuses to be audited. Because they're like, how dare you question us? They refuse to be audited. And then when they do get audited, they will not release the results or they will not go along with the recommendations of any kind of change. It's like, oh, okay, we might allow you to do an audit. And if you do complete an audit, we're not going to do what you say to do. It's like, what's the point of an audit? Like in the private sector, that stuff doesn't fly. What's the point of hiring an auditing firm if you're not going to acknowledge the problems within your company? Well, that is exactly what the DOD and some of these other federal agencies, they do this every year. That's why we have to be careful who we elect to office because a lot of these people that are, that are elected to office, they appoint all these different positions. And then these people that are appointed, oh my goodness, typically they stay in power for years. And they, they for sure hardly ever have term limits. These are basically these bureaucrats, whether in the military or outside the military, but they still have a federal job. These are professional paper pusher bureaucrats. They want the money, but they don't care to do their job because the only thing they really love about the job is the title, the power, and the money. What else is new? It's like communism all over again. Um, it talks a little bit here about food waste. Moving on. It says, food loss and waste is food that is not eaten. The causes of food waste or loss are numerous and occur throughout the food system, including production, processing, distribution, retail, and food service uh, sales and consumption. One reason why we have so much waste in food waste is because many companies, especially restaurants, they are not allowed hardly at all anymore to donate whatever food they have left over for the day. Like, for example, I'm just making, making this up. Let's say you have a bakery, like a local bakery in, in your city or your town. Used to, back in the day, I remember this in college, um, used to, back in the day, restaurants could decide on their own if they wanted to donate their food that they had left over at the end of the day that, that they did not sell. They could give that to the homeless or to a food bank or a food pantry, or they could you know, get in contact. I don't know if it's Habitat, Habitat for Humanity, or it's one of these programs where 
Yeah, they basically have a list of people that don't make a lot of money and they're kind of semi-poor. And so they can say, hey, if you have any food left over at the end of the day, you know, you can take this food over to this family or that family and help them in their time of need. Well, unfortunately, a lot of these companies, which most of them are small mom and pop shops, and even larger corporations like Panera Bread, they no longer give their food away because they, they uh, unfortunately, were getting sued or people were threatening to sue them. And they were making up these lawsuits. Oh, you gave me day old bread. No, actually, it was, it was just at the end of the day. I mean, do you want it or are we going to throw it away? And so what a lot of these companies do now is they, they give it to their associates. And so I, I would love that myself to get free bread. But here's the thing. There were some people that were saying, oh, well, why are you giving to your store employees if you won't give to the poor? It's like, well, you shamed and blamed us for giving to the poor. You tried to sue us. So we're going to give it to our employees if they want to take it home. Well, people threw a fit about that. And so now many restaurants, they are forced to throw away thousands upon thousands of pounds of food a day they're not even allowed to give it to their employees this is insane we have the ability to feed everybody we have the ability to do that but big government and also ambulance chasing lawyers and greedy people that want to sue someone over you know a, a table salt or something They make it impossible to do what's right. They make it impossible or they make it difficult to help other people. If it was me and I owned a bakery, I just wouldn't tell people what I do with my food. I'd give it to whoever I want at the end of the day. I don't need permission to be kind to somebody. I don't need permission to, to love somebody and to make sure they have food on the table in their time of need. Like I, like I don't need permission to be Christ-like. But if you do things the government way... Basically, big government, you know, you, you then, then basically you can't do things the Christian way. Because big government is typically against Christians. It, it is against anyone that practices any, any kind of true faith. But yet big government is for, like, Muslims, Mormons, Hindus, basically anything that's pagan. They're, they're basically for anything that goes against the one true faith, which is the Judeo-Christian faith. It's like, okay, as Christians, we have the responsibility to help people. But yet we have big government getting in the way of us being able to help people. And then we're told, oh, shame on you. You know, you say you're Christian, but you don't even help. It's like, wow, you just tied my hands on that. You made it so that if I help somebody, I get sued. If I don't help somebody, I get sued. That is what is happening with businesses within the food industry. Can you imagine how frustrating that is? Can you imagine how just daunting that is? It's like you, you own a business, you own a company, you, you see there is a need in, in your hometown, in your community, your, your city, your state, whatever the case may be, but yet big government and really evil lawyers love to target people. They love to target Christians. They don't target Muslims. They don't target Mormons. They don't target Hindus. They don't target Buddhists. You know, they, they, they don't target what's it called the, um, I'm trying to think, I think it's like some kind of new age religion. Anything that handles like crystals or incantations or something like that. It's like the government doesn't go after them. 
the government goes after Christians. Our founding fathers, if they were alive today, would be like, this is what happens when you let your government get too big. They make it very difficult for you to practice your faith. They make it very difficult for you to help others. And they make it very difficult for you to be successful so that you so that you can help others. They make it so difficult for you to be successful, you know, in that same token that that you can't help others. Is probably the better way of saying it. Because the government, think about the more money you make, the more the government wants your money. And the government says, "Oh, let us help the poor." Really? How's food stamps working out? How is disability working out? How's social security working out? Those programs are some of the biggest failures our country has ever seen. Well, besides 9/11 not being caught before it happened, because that totally could have been prevented if the FBI and if other agencies had been doing their job and doing it well, and if the airlines, the people at the front desk, if they had gone with their gut feeling that something wasn't right about those guys, all of that could have totally been prevented, but You need to listen to your gut on stuff like that. God gave you that that sixth sense or seventh sense, whichever sense it is to you. God gave you the ability to recognize when someone's evil and they have bad intentions. So, needs to say, you know, biodegradable waste um and commercial waste they are relevant, but I don't think it's always being handled correctly, especially the biodegradable waste because unfortunately our our government Whenever they get all spiritual or religious about climate change, they take it in the opposite direction and instead of doing good, they they do wrong with it. And they punish people for needing to fill up their car with fuel. They punish people for having a utility bill and for needing their utilities, for needing, you know, AC in the summertime, heat in the winter. Um they punish people for, you know, going to the bathroom. Like I know for example, uh, the toilets in my apartment, they are toilets that do not hold a lot of water. And it's like, okay, sometimes you have to double or triple flush because it doesn't want to flush. And it's like you want <laughs> you want things to leave your house, right? <laughs> you know. And so, it's using more water, not less. And I know that whenever we had toilets that, you know, were were basically the they were basically the bigger bowls and they had more water, one flush you were done like you knew it was leaving your house and it was going to the city <laughs> you know now it's it's ridiculous but see here's the thing that's big government thinking oh use less water to do the same job i don't think so and then if your water pressure sucks good luck getting that out of your house i mean good luck with that folks you know i i am all for recycling and you're being a conservationist but there there is a tipping point if you go to the extreme then you're actually making it worse like you're basically creating a whole another issue and a whole other problem that was not even there before but unfortunately with the liberals and those that are very environmentally crazy and extreme they they just don't understand how to live everyday life and that kitty guy that's running for president he is a environmental a environmentalist nutbag he should never be president never 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 we should do a podcast or an episode about him or about every single candidate that's running for office because 
He's got some nutty things. He's got some nutty ideas. And it's just like, you know, the last thing I want is for an environmentalist to be president of the United States. Because then everyone really will be riding bicycles to and from work. And it will be a, a basically a big catastrophe. Because if you vote for the Kennedy guy, basically we will have even higher gas prices. He will basically want everyone to have a windmill. And you know, being someone that actually lives in Oklahoma, when the wind doesn't blow, it doesn't blow. So if there's no wind... You have no electricity. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. It just doesn't work. Is it, is it a, a, I would say, an um, alternative form of energy? Yes, for sure. But it's not the source of energy. We need our electrical grids. We need natural gas. We need fuel. We need coal. We need these. We need these. I cannot stress this enough. We need these. My goodness. You know, it doesn't make sense to to go extreme. It just doesn't. Because it doesn't help people, it hinders them. But I will go ahead and end the podcast, um, and, and as usual, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And do subscribe, check it out, and get full access to all of it. So until next time, ciao, bye, have a great week. Smallest steps, waves transform the earth.